Welcome to New Covenant Church. You're listening to this week's message by Executive Pastor Chris Valdez. Thank you, Pastor Joe. Uh, one more quick thing uh, I'd like to share with you. Um, I think we've got a picture of Theron and Carissa in India with their two new daughters. Um, they just wanted you to, to see the new additions to their family. And um, I think they're actually running a little ahead of schedule. Originally, they were going to be uh, getting home this coming Saturday. And if I understood the email I read correctly, they should be getting home like after mid 12, 1230 on Thursday, this coming Thursday evening. Uh, they'll be back. So uh, looking forward to having them back. I know they're ready to be home. Um, but continue to keep them in your prayers, but everything has been going well and according to plans, so we're really excited. This has been a long time in coming for their family. I remember when we first got here um, over three and a half years ago in August, they had said that um, they thought they'd have their kids with them that Christmas, you know, so it's been lots of trials, lots of things that God's worked through that process, but it's it's now come to fulfillment, and we're um, happy to rejoice with them in that. <clears throat> if you have your Bibles with you this morning, uh, turn to John chapter 17. I'll do my best to not cough or lose my voice this morning, but I'm dealing with a little bit of a cold. Um, we're going to get there in just a moment. If you saw uh, our Facebook post earlier this week, you may have seen the title of this series, and it's um, The Real Lord's Prayer. And that might have piqued your interest a little bit because we all know what we would call the Lord's Prayer, and many of you would know it by memory. We, you could say it with me if you want to. Our Father, who art in heaven... Hallowed be thy name, thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. And I've, it may have been over a year ago now, but we did a series on on the Lord's Prayer, and we probably called it the Lord's Prayer. Um, that really is a passage where Jesus taught the disciples and taught us how to pray and gave us a pattern for prayer. <clears throat> but in John chapter 17, we see a prayer from Jesus pouring his heart out to the Father. And this is Jesus's prayer to the Father. And so, and, and church tradition would call the prayer that we just prayed the Lord's Prayer, and church tradition would call this prayer the High Priestly Prayer. But again, this morning I would just uh, say to you, I think this is the real Lord's Prayer. This is Jesus' prayer to the Father. And we're going to look at it here in a moment, but um, it didn't, as, I, as God had put this on my heart and um, laid a specific message that I felt like He wanted to communicate to the body through this whole series, um, I really thought the plan was going to be to just jump straight into John 17 and we were going to spend, basically break that up into four parts and we'd look at, at Jesus's prayer. <clears throat> but I ran into a question immediately when I started studying it. And I want you to read with me John 17 verse 1 and see if you see the question that I uh, encountered. John 17 verse 1, when Jesus had spoken these words... He lifted up his eyes to heaven and said, anybody see it? 
when he spoke what words? What, what did he just say? It's basically saying after he said these things, he prayed. After he said what things? So, you know, we often talk about context and what, um, what's going on in a particular passage so that we can really understand it. And so I saw that and I was like, well, we can't start <laughs> with the prayer. We got to see what, what did he just finish saying? And so I started flipping back and flipping back and flipping back. And then uh, when I kind of felt like I'd gotten to where it would have started, I did some research to confirm that I was, what I was seeing was correct. And what I, what I found was that this, uh, these things that he had just been saying goes all the way back to John chapter 13, verse 1. So there, and then it goes through um, chapter 18, verse 11. So a little over five chapters is one context, one conversation, one evening with Jesus. This period covers the third Passover meal that Jesus shared with the disciples, his betrayal by Judas, and then his arrest. All of these things occur on the same day. And literally, most of it would have occurred in the same evening. So this is, this is one time spent together, one message, one story. And what you'll see as we look at this, and we don't have time to read all five chapters this morning, I would encourage you sometime this week to read from 13.1 through 18.11. And as you do, keep reminding yourself, this is the same conversation. This is the same day. This is the same message. And what you see goes through the whole thing. And we're going to point out some specific verses that, that um, you, we would have all seen and probably taught on multiple times. But most of the time, I think they would have been taught on separately. You know, and we're, we're going we're gonna to highlight some scriptures. And, and many of these entire sermons are preached just on this one passage or this one scripture. But it all goes together. And the truth is, we have to preach messages on these little pieces because it's going to be overwhelming. We're going to cover a lot and you couldn't get it all. But that's the way Jesus presented it. So what we have to see is it all fits together. And this thread that we're going to see was something that Jesus thought was very important and wanted us to understand. In John uh, 13, verse 1, if you had, were at 17, you can just flip over a few pages. And let, we're going to look at where this starts. It says, Now before the feast of the Passover, when Jesus knew that his hour had come to depart out of this world to the Father, having loved his own who were in the world, he loved them to the end. So this verse is key to start out this section of the gospel. It separates now this from everything that came before it. It's saying Jesus knew his hour had come. He knew what today was. He knew that he was about to be betrayed and arrested and be crucified. He knew it was time. The Father had revealed that to him. So everything from 13 verse 1 through 18:11, Jesus is strategically sharing what he knows the Father has given him to share in his last hours with his disciples. So this whole thing gets sandwiched in here as, as he knows it's time. And then when he prays, he is 
putting all of this 13 from 13.1 to chapter 17 and saying, okay, now I'm going to pray this prayer. But all of that was with the knowledge of what was to come and with what hour it was. So everything that Jesus says is done with this in mind in this set of set of chapters. And we're we're going to see that Jesus also references that his hour had come in the prayer when he starts in chapter 17. But understanding this puts a different perspective on everything that occurs in these chapters. It's one conversation and we need to look at it as a whole. So this morning we're going to look at an overview and we're going to see a lot of highlights of scriptures and we're going to skip a lot. And that's why I want you to read it, you know, all sometime this week. But what you're going to see is what we skipped is just as important as what we're going to highlight. There is so much in these chapters. And when you comprehend that Jesus dumped all this on the disciples at once. You know, you've, you've heard uh, when you get a lot of information, it's like drinking out of a fire hydrant. Well, this is like drinking out of Niagara Falls. Jesus just pours it all out in one evening and says, I'm about to go and you need all of this. And the Holy Spirit's going to remind you of this. He's going to bring it to you. He's going to teach you everything you need to know. And that's in this passage too. He tells them that too about the Holy Spirit. And we're going to look at that together. But just keep in mind that all of this is in one evening. So you should have been in 13. Go a couple verses ahead to verse 3 and 4. Jesus says, Knowing that the Father had given all things into His hands, and that He had come from God and was going back to God, rose from supper he laid aside his outer garments and taking a towel tied it around his waist many of you know this story by memory and many many sermons have been preached on the washing of the disciples feet well this happens at his third passover with the disciples before he uh, takes the first communion with them but it says knowing fully well who he was He knew he was the son of God. He knew he was the savior of the world. He knew he was the king of kings. He knew that God had put everything under his feet, that no one is above him. And knowing fully well that, he stands up from the table, takes off his outer garments, wraps the towel around his waist to serve the disciples. And to wash their feet. A task that was only supposed to be done by servants. This was degrading. This wasn't just asking them if they wanted something to drink. Or, you know, can I have the servant get you anything kind of service. He said, I'm going to humble myself and do something that, that the lowest of the low position is to do. Knowing fully well who I am. And then he goes on to tell them, you need to do this for one another. I've done this as an example to you because I've done this because I've shown you. Yes, you call me Lord. And that's true. And yes, I'm asking you. All of that's true. And knowing that I served you. So do that for one another. Serve each other. And this happens knowing he's about to be crucified, knowing that this is the last moments he's going to have with them and this is one of the lessons that's critical and crucial for him to communicate to the disciples 
Well, we're going to look at this more next week, and it'll be the story that next week that we'll focus on. But he's literally asking them if they understand what he did. And it's right after this that Judas is pointed out as the one that's going to betray him. And then Judas leaves to do what, what he's been sent to do. And Jesus shares his first communion with the disciples at this point. The first communion isn't recorded in John. It is recorded in Matthew and Luke. Um, but basically by the sequence of events, we know where in John's gospel it would have occurred. So between somewhere between John chapter 13, verse 30 and John 13, verse 36 is when Jesus would have shared communion with the disciples. It's also interesting to note and be aware that from that point forward, Judas is not in the room. So all of this information from 13.1 through 18.11 is, you know, Jesus is giving the disciples. But from 13.30 on, Judas is not getting the information. He's, he's left the building. So John 13.34, Jesus says, A new commandment I give to you, that you love one another. Just as I have loved you, you also are to love one another by this all people will know that you are my disciples if you have love for one another. And this is uh, one of those key scriptures that, again, as we go through all the chapters, we're going to see this trend and this thread. But the key here is one that he's challenging us to love. But then what he says that it's going to do and what it means, he said, by this. All people, the whole world is going to know that you're my disciples because of your love for one another. Does the world know us for our love for one another? Are we known by our love? And is it a supernatural love? One of the things that we'll talk about this morning and in this, this, the rest of this series is that we can't do this by ourselves. It's not because we're going to try harder or we're going to do things different. It's because God is going to answer the prayer that Jesus prayed. He's going to supernaturally give us a love for one another. He's going to supernaturally give us Jesus' heart because He's in us. Jesus will say, and we'll see over and over, He says, I am in you and you're in me and I am in them. Make them one, perfectly one, just like we're one. It has to be a work of the Father. As we go through these chapters, I'm going to continue to highlight these key verses, and we'll put all four of these verses up on the screen. Um, But the main point of all the other scriptures that we're going to cover this morning is, and they won't all be up on the screen, but I want you to see how many foundational principles and lessons Jesus covered on his last day with the disciples. Before his arrest, before his crucifixion, these last things that he said, you've got to get all this. My hours come, my time's almost up. This stuff's important. Like I said, you're going to, as we go through these, you'll see, yeah, I've heard a sermon on that. Yeah, heard a sermon on that. Heard a sermon on that. Did a study on that. And then realize all of this was together in one package, in one lesson from Jesus in his last hours. In John 14, verse 2, Jesus says, In my Father's house there are many rooms, and I'm going to prepare a place for you. Verse 6, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Verse 10, I'm in the Father, and the Father's in me. 
Verse 12, whoever believes in me will also do the works that I do and greater works than these will he do because I am going to the Father. Whatever you ask in my name, this I will do that the Father may be glorified in the Son. If you ask anything in my name, I will do it. John 14, verse 15, if you love me, you will keep my commandments. Verse 16, he goes on to say that he's going to send the Holy Spirit to both be with us and in us. And that the Holy Spirit is the spirit of truth. And then in verse 20, he says, in that day you will know. And this word know means to know, to perceive, to understand. And it's also the word that's used uh, for a man knowing a woman in their marriage relationship. This is an intimate Knowledge, And Jesus says, in that day, you will know that I am in the Father and you in me and I in you. All on the same day, all on the same evening, all at the same time. Do you think he's trying to communicate something? Did he have a point he wanted to get across? He's saying, be ready to, to serve each other in humility. Be ready to love each other the way that I've shown you how to love. You're in me and I'm in you and I'm in the Father and we're one and He's going to make us one supernaturally. All of these scriptures, all of these words that He shared, every action that He took, all of this occurred in that evening. And Jesus is talking about a unity that's supernatural. He's saying the Father will do a work in us that is a witness and a testimony to the world. Something that came to mind um, just as we were worshiping, and I shared this in an email and a letter that I sent out to the congregation a while back, but one of the things that God has laid on my heart in the last year was to um, visit other churches, to go to churches in the community. And I didn't know why. I didn't know the reason. I kind of felt like, well, maybe he's going to do something, you know, with unity. Uh, that we're all part of the same body, body of Christ. Um, and I still don't fully know what he's going to do, but I, but I did acknowledge really early on that I think it's something supernatural, something that only God can do through, through something as simple as us being obedient and visiting other churches. And so, so far, we've, Kenny and I have been able to visit two other churches, and it's, at this point, I'm, I'm guessing it may take us a couple years to, to really uh, get to any... A number of churches just because of, you know, obviously when I'm preaching both services, we can't. So it's going to be when when Pastor Daryl's preaching a series and then only one or one or two times even then. Um, one of the other things that we found out during this process is um, you would think my schedule would be busier than my wife's. It's not. <laughs> she um, right now she's working in the nursery. So she came to the early service. Uh, one Sunday she works in children's. And attends the early service. Um, then the other week she has a uh, the intercessor prayer group, which meets once a month. If anybody's interested in uh, being part of our intercessor prayer, you can get more information about that in our bulletin. But so basically, there's one week in the month that she's really free, and so that kind of highlighted that fact. I was like, man, you're doing more around here than I am. Um, but it also, that I just want to throw out there just to also say that one of the reasons that we did the two services 
was to give that as an opportunity. You know, she never misses church. She's always able to attend the early service. But if you feel like God's laying any of the, any of the ministries that we have in, in the church on your heart, you can serve in those, attend the early service, and not miss anything. When um, the, uh, the class that Pastor Darrell is going to be teaching next week, the Connect um, class, you can attend that in the early service and then attend this service. There's not any reason to, to have to miss anything. So... I just just want to throw that out there. But but again, that process of what God asked us to do in visiting the churches. He can do something in that that only he can do. He can knit the hearts of the congregations in this community together. He can knit the hearts of the congregations in our state, in our nation, across the world together. That we are one so that the world will know that Jesus Christ came from the Father. That's what Jesus is saying over and over. This is how they're going to know. By your unity, by your love, by how you serve one another, by how you love one another. This is how the world is going to know that I came from the Father. And only the Father can do it in answering the Son's prayer. In John fourteen twenty three, Jesus says, it says, He answered him, If anyone loves me, he will keep my word and my Father will love him and will come to him and make our home with him. Whoever does not love me does not keep my words. And the word that you hear is not mine, but the Father's who sent me. These things I have spoken to you while I am still with you. But the Helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all that I have said to you. Peace I leave with you, my peace I give to you, not as the world do I give to you. Let not your hearts be troubled, neither let them be afraid. So we've only hit some of the highlights in chapter 13 and 14 so far. And you can already see how many central messages Jesus shared in this single day, in this evening. And I'm skipping a lot. Every single one of these, I know many of you have heard, you know, whole messages, whole series on just some of the pieces that we're um, tossing out here this morning. But Jesus gave all of this information in that one evening. And some of these central, the theme, I would say, that we see through this about the unity, about the love, about what Jesus was trying to do, and then how he finishes it in that prayer. When you realize this was all one package you're not making a stretch to say it was connected. <laughs> that he had a point he was trying to get across. In John 15:1, Jesus tells us that he's the vine and the father's the vine dresser. Yep, that one's in here too. How many, and one of the messages will be on Jesus is the vine, we're the branches. He says in verse 4, he says, abide in me. Apart from me, you can do nothing. That's in here too. Such a central message to the Christian faith. When we are in Christ and He is in the Father and we're abiding in Christ as a body of believers, we will be one. If we're all abiding in the vine of Jesus Christ, if we're all a branch that's getting all of our life, everything that we live on from Him, we're going to be one because we're on the same vine. 
Just to summarize verses 7 through 8 in chapter 14, Jesus says that if we abide in him and he in us, that our prayers will be answered and we will glorify the Father by bearing much fruit. When we bear fruit, it brings glory to God. In John fifteen eleven, Jesus wants his joy to be in us, that our joy may be full. How many would like to have the joy that Jesus had? That's what he says he wants for us. That's what he gave us, that our joy might be full. In, in fifteen twelve, he says, this is my command that you love one another just as I have loved you. In verse 17, these things I command you so that you will love one another. And then in 18 through 20, he tells us how the world's going to hate us because we're not from it. Not if we're in him. If we have come to salvation knowledge, if we've been given a new life, if we have come to life from the dead, we're no longer of this world. We're not of it. And Jesus says when we live in that realm and in the kingdom principles, like Pastor Daryl just finished teaching us, uh, when we live in that kingdom, we're no longer of this world. And the world doesn't like that. And then in, in the whole chapter of 16 is about the Holy Spirit and what he's going to do for us and how it's better that he leave than to stay. In, in verse 1, he says, I've said all these things to keep you from falling away. And this is another one of those key ones to, to get in on. So if he's saying, I've, I've said all these things, he's talking about chapter 13, chapter 14, and chapter 15. He said, I've said all that stuff so that you won't fall away, so that you'll hold on. In verse 2, he says, the hour is coming when whoever kills you will think he's offering service to God. So the people who persecute you are going to think they're doing God a favor. But he's telling them these things so they won't get discouraged, so they won't fall away when those things happen. And then in verse 7, he says, the reference to the second ago, it's to your advantage that I go away, for if I don't, the helper won't come. The Holy Spirit will convict of sin and righteousness and judgment. In verse 13, the spirit of truth will guide us into all truth. He will only speak what he hears. And Jesus only spoke what he heard. 1633, I've overcome the world. Verse 17 starts out that the hour has come. Glorify me that I may glorify you. Jesus is asking the Father to give him glory that he might glorify the Son. That's what it's all about. Jesus said it's, it's, it was never about him. If it was, he wouldn't have laid everything down to wash the disciples' feet. If it was, he wouldn't have left heaven and left, laid everything aside to live as us and to live the life that he lived, to be an example, to show us how to love, to show us how to serve, to show us the way that we were supposed to, to operate as his children. And then in chapter 17, verse 10, he says, All mine are yours, and yours are mine. Keep them in your name, which you have given me, that they may be one even as we are one. So these four verses highlight a unity of believers. And again, I want us to be reminded that all these actions and lessons were taught on the same day. This was one important lesson. 
All these verses fit together with his prayer that's going to come after he said these things. Then he prayed. Once we get to chapter 17, it's Jesus's prayer to the father. Everything past that little introduction at the beginning of chapter 17 is Jesus's prayer. The Lord's prayer to the father. And his prayer was that we would be one just as he is one with the father. That we would be unified, that we would uh, be one body, the body of Christ. The last passage that we're going to look at this morning is uh, chapter 17, verse 21 through 23. Remember, all, all of this is just part of his prayer to the father. He says again that they may all be one. Just as you, Father, are in me and I in you, that they also may be in us, so that the world may believe that you have sent me. Again, that's a theme throughout throughout these five chapters. So that everyone will know by their love, by their service, by their unity, all of these things, so that the world will know. This is something only God could do. Only by the power, the supernatural power of God, could we display this kind of love, this kind of unity, this kind of relationship that would testify to the fact that Jesus Christ is the Son of God, that He really did come from the Father. In verse 22, then He says, The glory that you have given me, I have given to them that they may be one even as we are one. You remember we just read a moment ago that he prayed, glorify me so that I may glorify you. And now he's saying the glory. You answered my prayer and gave me your glory. And now I'm going to give my glory to them that they can glorify you. And that it's his glory That's going to make us one. He says, the glory that you have given me, I have given to them so that they may be one even as we are one. The glory of the Father is going to make us one. Jesus Christ in us. He is in the Father. The Father is in him and he's in us. And now the glory of the Father is going to make us one, just like they're one, so that the world will know that this is true. This is real. I really did come. You really did send me to save the world. Verse 23, I in them and you and me, that they may become perfectly one. And he says, I mean, he's saying the same thing over and over and over. And again, when you think, okay, and this goes all the way back to 13 verse 1. And he was saying the same thing over and over and over. And he's saying, I want you to get this. This is important. The world is going to know the truth by your unity as a body of believers in Jesus Christ. And after he says it, I and them and you and me. That they may be perfectly one. He says it again. So that the world may know that you sent me and loved them even as you loved me. 
Jesus is telling us the Father loves you as much as he loves me, the Son. And I want them to be one so that that the world will know that you love them as much as you've loved me. That's the gospel. That's the good news of the kingdom. And Jesus says if we live it the way we're supposed to, the world's going to hate us. And they're going to think they're doing God a favor when they kill us. But he says, I want you to know the truth so that you don't give up when trial comes. You don't give up when tribulation comes. You don't give up when life gets hard. Because if we do what we're called to do and let his supernatural ability work in us, the world is going to know that he loves them as much as he loved his son. And he loves us. And we're going to show them with how much love he loves us because we're going to love them like he loves us. This is the real Lord's prayer that we would be one. Perfectly one, just as he and the Father are one. That the world may know that the Father sent the Son and that he loves them even as he loves the Son. In the next three weeks, we're going to look closely at at some of these scriptures that you've heard all messages on. We're going to look at how we can be one in humility. And we're going to look closer at his service to the disciples when he washed their feet. We're going to look at how we can be one in love. He said over and over and over that we're to love one another like he loved us. And then we're going to look at being one in abiding in him. At the story of the vine, how he's the vine and the father's the vine dresser and how we can be one in him when we abide in him. But I want us throughout the whole uh, series to remember all this is one message. And again, I challenge you this week, read it. I think I, I did it multiple times this week, but I think it took maybe 30 or so minutes to read from 13, one through 18, 11. But just you, you, you almost have to constantly keep reminding yourself. And I had to keep reminding myself, this is one evening. All this is one package that Jesus shared with the disciples. Because it, it's so easy to just get back into, oh, I've read this story and I've heard this message. And, and this is what this is and this is what that is. But it was all together in one message where he was wanting to get this idea across to the disciples. And over and over and over he says, so that... The world will know the truth. That I did really come from the Father. That He really does love them as much as He loves me. And He loves you. And I don't want anyone to be discouraged this morning. Because one thing is for sure, we can look around uh, the body of Christ as a whole. Or the church history as a whole over the last 2,000 years. And we could find lots of examples where the church isn't unified. We don't even have to look at the whole city of Lampasas. We could look at just our body and find places where we're not in unity. But the point is, we can't do it on our own. This has to happen by the Father answering Jesus' prayer. And He's going to do it. It's a guarantee. The Father will answer this. This will be completed. It will be perfect just the way He planned it. And the world is going to know. That it's the truth. And every knee is going to bow. And every tongue is going to confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. Because it's the truth. 
And the world is going to know by our love, by our unity, the, by the fact that we're as unified as they are, but it's going to be through the supernatural working of the Father and Him answering Jesus' prayer. We can be confident. Can you be confident that the Father is going to answer the Son's prayer? And then, again, I know we've all heard messages, but in this, you, you heard me read it a little earlier. Jesus said, everything that you pray, the Father is going to answer. If, you pray, if you're abiding in me, if you're praying the will of God, if you're living this life in unity, he's going to answer it just like he answered my prayers. Not just answer, he said, but you're going to actually do more than I've done because I go to the Father, because I'm sending the Holy Spirit. And all of that was in the same lesson. <laughs> in the same five chapters, it all came as one package. And all we have to do is believe it. Trust the Father that He's going to hear the Son and He's going to answer His prayer. And trust Him that He's going to answer our prayers just like Jesus promised He would. And He's going to somehow supernaturally bring us together as a body of believers so that the world will know that this is the truth. So be encouraged this morning, not that we can do this on our own, but that God is going to answer his son's prayer. Will you bow your heads with me as we close? Dear Heavenly Father, we just thank you. We thank you for your son. We thank you that he lived the exact life you sent him to, that he was faithful. Lord, that he said everything he said he said, because you led him to. Everything he did, he did in obedience to you. And then you sent the Holy Spirit who's going to be obedient to you and only share what you speak to reveal all truth to us. Father, I pray that you will supernaturally, through the power of the Holy Spirit, revealing the truth in our hearts, that you would plant this message, that everything that Jesus taught in those five chapters would be supernaturally embedded and planted in our spirits and bear fruit. Lord, it also, your word said that uh, if we bear abundant fruit, it will bring glory to you. And we want to bring glory to you by the fruit that you uh, produce in our lives. Father, I pray that we would be witnesses everywhere we go by the word of our mouth and the word of our testimony, Lord, to what you've done and that you will supernaturally bring the body of Christ together as one in love in humility, in service, that the world will know that you're God and you sent your son and you love us and you love the world as much as you love your son. In your name we pray. Amen. Amen. We have uh, prayer teams available on both sides of the stage. If you have any prayer requests this morning, we would uh, feel free to bring them to them and they'll also be here a few minutes after the service if, if you would like to come then if you'll stand with us as we close in worship thank you for listening to this week's message for more information or to listen to past sermons go to newcovenantlampasses.com